Welcome to Paint My Mind Podcast with your host, Rasmus Lenthagen. Follow along as we explore a wide range of different topics in search for a greater life and better problems. Now, enjoy the show. We are live. ST Rappaport, welcome back to the show. Ah, uh, thank you so much, Rasmus. I am so excited to be here talking with you. I'm like been waiting for this conversation. <laughs> yeah, we had a blast the last time you were on. And for for people listening, ST was on. She was episode 38, I believe. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to that one. But uh, in case you don't go back, let's let's do like a short introduction. Who are you? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm a brain coach or range engineer, and I help entrepreneurs improve how they think so that way running their business is easier. So essentially, thinking is not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 parts, 28 thinking skills, also called cognitive functions. And naturally, we all have weaker ones and stronger ones, but those weaker ones make our lives more difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but be, just because they're weaker doesn't mean they have to stay that way. Like, they're all skills. They're 28 thinking skills. So you can always improve all of them. And then it's almost like magic. Like, your life becomes easier. Yeah. So so for anyone listening, the reason I'm having you back on is that we, we touched on a few of the cognitive functions on the last episode. And it was so interesting to me. I actually want to hear all of them uh, and learn more about it. And so I said... Let's just do an episode or maybe even two where we go through all of them. And I'm sure me and the listeners can probably relate to a couple of the the ones you're going to list and hopefully get some help on how to improve on those cognitive functions and make our lives a little bit easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cognitive functions are like thinking skills, right? And they show up in every area of our lives. So just by you listening to this episode, you need to use cognitive functions in order to think about and process and see how it applies to your life, right? As you are talking to your child or doing talk, calling someone, sending an email, whatever you're doing, you are using these thinking skills. If there's any part of the any of the thinking skills related to that task that are weak, it's going to be challenging for you to do that task. So by doing these exercises, they're going to sound like random exercises. But when you do them multiple times, yes, they're not. it's not like a one and done magic pill. Like you have to do them multiple times. But what will happen is you're actually creating those like new neuron connections in your brain or stronger neuron connections in your brain. So then afterwards, when you do the task that was challenging for you before, now it will be easier. Awesome. Should we, uh, should we jump in? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so um, the the 28 cognitive functions are split into three groups, okay, Mm -hmm. like three phases of thinking, but we move around, like we jump through the phases. So the first phase is input, how we get in the information. So we're going to discuss first the eight cognitive functions and input, how we like take in the information. Then we have the second phase, elaboration, where we actually do the processing. There's another 12 cognitive functions there. And then there's another eight cognitive functions where we tell the world we know what we know, okay? Um, But like I said, we jump around. So usually if you wanna improve the cognitive functions, you do wanna start 
first all the ones in the input phase. So that's why we're going to start with talking about the cognitive functions in the input phase. Because if you don't have good information in, you're not going to be able to process good information. You're not going to be able to have good information out, right? So we have yeah. to start with taking that good information in. Makes sense? Yeah, logically. Yeah. Okay, so now let's do this. The first cognitive function um, that really help, like we need for taking in taking in information is called clear perception. This is how you like take in your information in a clear and organized manner, okay? So we take in information through our five senses, right? Sight, hearing, touching, everything. And hopefully it's coming in like clearly, it's okay. Like it's not, like you could just take in the information. But what happens when there's a lot of information? Does your brain get like overwhelmed, right? Does your brain like not, it isn't sure what to do. Then it's not so clear anymore and it's called blurred perception. It's like, oh, there's too much information. I can't even do this. Yeah. Yeah, it gets cluttered. Like, yeah, yeah. right. Like I think we spoke about this last time. Like you walk into like, a, if you ever walk into like a really messy room and you're mm. like, I need to clean this room, but there's like way too much. Like, I just can't even clean it because there's just so much happening here, right? That's blurred perception. I mean, you walk into a clean room, it's easy to take in the information because it's already clear for you. So you're, yeah. it's easier to take in the clear information. But can you take in a messy room and like make it clear in your brain? That's mm. clear perception, yeah. right? Or like if you come back from vacation and you have like 100 emails that you have to respond to, it's like, there's like so many emails. Where do I even start? I don't know what to do. It's like, yeah. that's all blurry. Yeah. So that's actually a great um, example. I think I can relate to that because I run a business and every time I, I'm on vacation, I, even just for a weekend, I come back Monday and my mailbox is just full of new emails. I have appointments for next week. There's just, and I, this happens to me all the time. I just get super stressed out because I don't know what end to start at. And I'm sure a lot of people out there uh, experience the same thing, even if you're not a business owner, but it's just a good example, I think. What can we do or where can we start to improve that skill? Yeah, so um, there's two, two, two things that you could really do that's really good. Um, the first thing is we take in information through our five senses, right? So. When instead of like getting overwhelmed when you're starting to feel that, just ask yourself, what do I see? And start saying out loud, oh, I see an email from Joe, I see an email from Mike, where you're walking to like your room and you're like, I see the bed, I see the laundry, I see the garbage, like just labeling the stuff. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? Not always is all applicable. Like if you're doing your emails, what does it smell? Isn't really applicable, <laughs> but you get the point. Just by saying it out loud, then your brain doesn't start seeing it as just a mess, but it could start like saying like, okay, it is one at a time. Like these are emails and it could now start organizing it, right? Like it's okay. Or even if you say like, I have 250 emails, that sounds a little bit better than just saying I have thousands of emails, right? So like by actually just saying out loud what you see, that's um, the first one. But what else you could do like to actually um, help you move forward from this is to create a starting point. Just like asking yourself, what is the very first thing you need to do? So yes, you have 250 emails back when you came back and they all need to get taken care of now because it's Monday and they all like it's business and it's money and it's right. And it's like, what is the first thing I need to do? 
reply to an email. Is it going to be the first email that came in or the last email that came in? Pick one and just like start. All I need to do is respond to that last email and like respond to it. And then you like could continue moving forward. Instead of thinking of like this whole big mess, you just think of the starting point that you have. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people can relate to that because usually, at least for me, the hardest part is getting started. Once I'm there and I've done the first email or whatever it might be, same with like cleaning your room. Once I've done the books or the clothes, it, you, you get into it and you can just keep going or at least it's way easier. Right. You get into yeah. it. That's first of all, like that's like part of it, right? Like when you're in motion already, it's already yeah. a lot easier. And it's also going back to the cognitive function of clear perception. Now you're starting to see things more clearly, right? So like before that, you're like, there's books and there's like laundry and there's like so much things happening here that like your brain doesn't see anything, but like you already put those books away. So now it's easier to like see what else is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What's the next one for input? Yeah. Input. Yeah, the next cognitive function we have is called systematic search. Okay, this is searching for things in a systematic way. Um, how many times have you like been like missing your phone or your keys and you looked in the same place three times and not yeah. where it actually is, right? <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah, so we want to look for things in our system, okay? Um, so whether that's left to right, top to bottom, front to back, whatever, however you're doing it, like obviously it will depend on that situation, but you want to create a system to look for it. This will help you with a few things. First of all, it's going to train your brain to look systematically and that is improving this ability to like look things without get, look for things without getting overwhelmed. Um, also it helps you with looking, making sure you're looking, covering every single spot without repeating and without missing where it actually is because if you're let's say looking for a book and you decide you're looking from left to right then what's happening is you are covering every single book and you're like going to eventually have to find it by going mm. through it but what's the coolest part about this is what happens is when you give your brain a system your brain calms down and instead of now getting all anxious i don't know where my keys are i'm missing my phone and i have to run and i have an appointment da -da 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 -da, then like your brain can't think and it literally like shuts down it goes into like flight or flight mode fight or flight mode and like your brain shuts down to go and trying to like conserve energy right because it's like it's scared it's like an emergency or something and it actually can't think but you giving it a system and you're like okay i could look in order like that's not a problem i could just like look in an order um then what happens is your brain relaxes can actually think and many times you'll find that you'll actually remember where you put it oh so by calming your brain down a little, little bit it actually, sometimes you can recall where it was if you're right. looking for a thing or key or whatever. Exactly. And even if you don't, you have your system, so eventually you're going to find it. And some people um, don't love, they like, in the beginning, it sounds like it takes a lot of time. And it's true, in the beginning, it may take a bit more time, but as you do it, you will create better systems. You'll know, like, what's the best system for this situation. And you'll just get much, like, you'll get much faster at it. And it yeah. actually, like, could save you a lot of time. Yeah. And what's a good way to improve this skill? Is it just finding your own system or is there a, like a step-by-step, -step, like a way to uh, get there, so to speak? No, so it's like, it will depend on the situation. So it depends yeah. what you're looking for, right? Like you don't need to hide something to purposely spend time looking for it. Cause like, I think on average, a person spends like three hours a week just looking for things. 
personally, like I almost never objects. like physical hours looking for things because they're missing something. Oh, three hours. That's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. I agree. And like, I remember the first time like I saw that stat like a couple years ago, I was like surprised. Like I like, and I'm not saying anything, but like, I personally don't lose a lot of things. I think obviously it's from like having pretty strong cognitive functions. Um, but even if I do am missing something because I have systematic search, I use that cognitive function, mm -hmm. then it takes me way faster. Like it just, it works. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if you do want to like consciously practice systematic search, not just like when you're missing something, sometimes like, um, I like doing things like, um, like crossword puzzles or boggle or like games like that, or, or even like, um, you know, like when you have to find the words, word searches or things oh, yeah. like that. And also just to get your brain into like the mode of looking systematically. So then like looking top to bottom or left to right, like mm. systematically within it. But most people have enough things that they're missing for missing. And just by practicing, <laughs> missing, they're, they're going to find it. And you know, honestly, we teach our kids this, the same thing, like if they're missing their shoes or whatever, just they're like telling you they can't find it. If they're really young, then do systematic search together with them. But if they're like even a little bit older, teach them with systematic searches. And the next time they're saying like, oh, I can't find this. Just ask them, did you do systematic search? And eventually they'll learn how to do it by themselves. That's smart. That made me uh, actually think of, because I'm a pretty messy, I, I, I lose my stuff sometimes. But I used to, I, I, not so much anymore, but I used to do those Sudoku puzzles, the number puzzles. And that's yeah. very systematic, the way you have to look for what number goes where. Yeah. And I'm just thinking that's probably a really good tool to practice, uh, practice that skill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the thing is, you have to be conscious that you're using that skill, right? Like just doing Sudoku is yeah. like fun, right? Like thing. And if it's challenging, it could be challenging for your brain, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. awesome. All right, what's the next one? <laughs> yes, the next one is labeling, okay? Mm -hmm. Our brain um, uses labels and like names to organize, remember, like all information. If you're to communicate, if your brain is not using labels, it is going to be a challenge for your brain to organize the information or for you to express what you want to express. Okay. So like if you've ever heard someone say something like put this there and you're like, what on heaven's earth are they talking about? <laughs> you know, or like, can you get, get that for me from the closet? But like, they're not like telling you what closet or like, that's not giving the proper label. Right. Um, Another way this may show up is if you ever had a disagreement with someone, like you were having some sort of conversation and like midway, you realize that you're both using the same word, but you defined it differently, right? You're like, mm. oh, I think this word actually meant that. And you're like, that's why we're having this conversation, right? <laughs> that is also because you're not using the same labels. You're not like talking on the same, on the same label. Using the same oh, label. I see. Yeah. 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 So basically um, just start labeling things. Uh, right. So when you're talking, you want to make sure, like if possible, not to use so much like this or that. I'm not saying to like get rid of it from your vocabulary, but be conscious. Like, is there a different word that you could use um, mm. to help you, to help you? Like that is actually the right label. Like, is there a label for this? Yeah. So, or so like, like be specific with your speech. Exactly. Be specific with your speech. Use huh. the right, like call things by what they're actually called. Um, and if you don't have 
a name for something, like make up a name, like in business, right? Like with your team or stuff, if there's like, or, or even for yourself, like when you're saving something on your computer, call it by the right name, label it. You'll be able to find it much faster later, right? Like instead of just putting whatever it automatically saves as, then later on when you're searching it, you're not going to be able to, to find it, find it. Um, fun story with this. I, had now I work with entrepreneurs, but I don't know. Did I, t- I tell you the story last time? I don't think so. Stop me. I, I did. We'll um, but when I before before that, I was working with children more, mm-hmm. and I had this kid, this ten year old kid, who came to me, and his like parents were like desperate because like he could not remember anything. If you were telling him a story, he literally would forget the first sentence by the time it came up to the second sentence. Mm-hmm. So do you realize that every single day this kid has to relearn everything over again? You can't tell him a story. He can't remember anything. Reading comprehension. Like, literally, like, everything had to just be repeated and repeated. And, like, he would understand it when you would say it. But as soon as you got onto the next thing, like, He's gone. he could, yeah, it was, like, really frustrating for their parents. And even, like, for the kid, it was super frustrating. And they really thought that he had, like, some sort of memory issue. Anyways, he comes like to see me first time and really sweet kid. And pretty quickly, like I noticed like he's using a lot of like this and that and like a lot of like hand motions. And I was like, ah, uh, that is a lack of labeling. He's not using his labels. That's where his weakness is. Now, what was happening was his brain wasn't using labels at all. There was like a bucket. And every single time you were telling him something, this picture or something was going into that bucket of mush and everything was just getting mushed together and he didn't have the words to be able to organize it or afterwards pull it out so even though he understood it everything just got mixed in together it wasn't organized he couldn't like remember it he couldn't express it and it was just really frustrating by simply improving that cognitive function of labeling he was like one of the top of his class afterwards because now his brain was able to organize all the information that technically he had the ability to do already. Wow. That, uh, not to get like personal about myself, but that reminds me of me so much when I was in school. Not talking, but reading. When they had, you know, when you, they have you read in class and sometimes they'll have you read like one page out loud or even just follow along when someone else is reading. And to this day, I struggle with this. I, I'm way, way better now, and I enjoy reading books. But back then, I would read, like, a sentence. And when I got to, like, the third sentence, the first one is just gone. I don't know what I just read. I had no clue. And I, I would read the page over, like, five times and still not know what I just read. And that, it, it sucked for me. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was horrible. Because I felt so stupid. I felt like I was dumb, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's horrible. I didn't have the exact same issue, but I also struggled with reading. Like, that's mm-hmm. actually how I got into this work. Um, yeah. Like, even, like, right in fifth grade, like, and, and also, right, like, the the reading comprehension part of it. So I didn't, like, specifically forget the first sentence, but for me it was more like a struggle of, like, understanding the whole story and, like, making mm. all the connections of, like, how it all works together. So, yeah, I also, like, hated reading out loud. I was super shy about that. Um I went to tons of reading tutors, couldn't like struggle to answer the questions on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I feel you on it, but like you said, you're, it's not dumb. It's not stupid. Um, it could be labeling is possible. It could be, it's also a different cognitive function, um, mm. which we'll get to shortly. Um, but 
Yeah, it's actually, this is a very good example of where two people could be struggling with what looks like the same thing. So let's say here we're both struggling with the reading comprehension or understanding what we're reading, but it's for different reasons. Yeah. Because of different cognitive functions. What most people do is they do the typical thing that everybody else is struggling with. This person needs more reading tutor. And, but your reading tutor or the help that you needed was different than the help I needed. Right. But we do it even as adults, like two people struggle with time management and they both take the same time management course. But the reason why one person struggles with time management is different than the reason why the other person struggles with time management. So unless that time management course covers all of it, they're not going to work. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to work for everyone. <laughs> of yeah. course. I think we touched on that the uh, the last time you were on, that meme where there's like a teacher and there's like five different animals from a fish to an elephant. Yes. <laughs> and there's like, you all need to climb the, the tree to pass the class. But it's like, I'm an elephant or a fish. Like, we can't have the same solution for everyone, even though it looks like the problem is very similar or, or even looks exactly the same. A lot of times it's a different thing that needs to be worked on. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Cool. All right. But going back to labeling, if somebody wants to improve it, mm -hmm. um, besides for just making sure to use your labels, I suggest that you take five minutes a day to walk around your house or a park or your office or wherever you're going and just point to things and label them. This is a cheer. This is a desk. Like be very conscious to call them what it is. Mm. And it will just get your brain like fired up in that area of like using labels and it'll be easier for you to talk labels. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Next one. Yes. Okay. So our next cognitive function is understanding space or orientation in space. Okay. It's one of the more abstract ones and it covers a lot of things. It has like literally anything to do with space. So think right, left, front, back, north, south, west, east, how much space something takes up, um, things like that. So anyone who's struggling with this or directions, right? If you're struggling with following directions with following like maps, if you struggle with your right and left, what about, do you know the rights and lefts of someone if they're in a different direction, they're facing a different direction mm. than you? That's part of it. Um, if you struggle with like how much space something takes up, like let's say you think like you're setting up a room or a party or something and you're like, yeah, I could like stick in one more thing here, but like there's not really so much space there. Yeah. Or even like, this is a fun one. I know like I struggle with this really bad is like always crashing into people and things. <laughs> it, Sorry, it, that just sounds funny. Sounds <laughs> funny, but like if you know the people that are listening that know what I'm talking about, like you think you're going around the table and you just like, crash at the corner of the yeah. table while you're going around, right? I used to be way worse at this, but I actually um, I actually totaled the car because of this, like completely what? ruined a car. I was in a, yeah, I was in like an empty parking lot, completely empty. It was like a new parking lot. So like almost no one was there. And they had like these like cement, like these four feet, like cement poles that like afterwards they, they were like, they were still in all this construction. And then like afterwards they were going to put like the, like the street lights on it. I don't know. It was a bit interesting. Um, and it was like, I'm talking about, and I just like bashed right into this pole because orientation in space, like I thought I could get around, but I just crashed right into it. So oh, at that God. time I like, I knew I needed to work on this cognitive <laughs> function, like no option anymore. <laughs> I, I want to make fun of you, but I won't just because of time. That That is hilarious. 
That's hilarious. And I, I have actually seen things like that live, like people trying to park and they just have no clue where the car ends. And I'm right. like, how can you not? Because I'm pretty good at that stuff. I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty now you could feel smart instead of feeling stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's it was always weird to me. Like, how do you, you've been driving that car for years and all of a sudden you don't know where it ends? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. To, to me, it's just because it never happens to me. It's easy for me to sit and laugh at it and be kind of like right. you know, judgmental, no, but, but it's good that you're bringing that up because like we are so used to like what we're good at and like we're like oh yeah that's easy. Yeah. But everything that's a challenge for someone else or or like everything that people like make mistakes in and they're like how could they make such a stupid mistake? It's yeah. not because they're stupid, it's because of this weak cognitive function. Like speaking of parking, I would literally yeah, like always like pull up like that little bit extra and like had like tons of scratches on my cars because of it and it was literally like it was a thing and like that came from this cognitive function. I'm like way better at it now. Can I still improve? Of course. But like I haven't totaled the car anymore because of it. And <laughs> you know, like my parking's way better and I don't crash people or like sometimes like you'll even feel it. Like if you go to a grocery store and like you, that person that like keeps them like crashing into your cart, like while they're yeah. trying to go around, yeah. that's also this cognitive function. So next time, instead of like, I'm not saying you get mad at them, but like if I've seen people get mad at other people, like, it's not that they're purposely trying to do it. It's oh, because yeah, of, of course this, they have this weak, weak thinking yeah. skill. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny. Like for me, for example, I laugh at that. Like you can't even park your car, that kind of thing. But you would laugh at me for losing my phone three times a day because I don't laugh right. because I no, know it's a cognitive function. Yeah, by but like, you, mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, and it's uh, actually reminds me of something that a uh, different guest, Kevin, uh, said something interesting. He said, when you look for advice from other people, you have to remember that they give advice based on their beliefs and their perspectives. So like- and I'm gonna add, they give advice based on their cognitive functions. It's 100% yeah. true what he said. Yes, yeah. their beliefs, their perspectives, and their cognitive functions, yeah. which are all very yeah. related because your perspectives yeah. are gonna come based on your cognitive functions. Yeah, of course. And that's the same with like judgment. If I judge you for not parking uh, or that you can't park your car, it's like, just based on my perception, because for me, that one is easy, but I have obviously other things that I probably suck at. And I don't probably even know, like, like you said, you got better at it because you're very, um, what's the word? Uh, you know that you have this problem and you also looked for a way to work at it. I probably have stuff and everybody probably does that we don't even know that it's a problem or we never even thought that, hey, maybe I can get better at this. Yes. That's yeah. why we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's super interesting. What is that? That's another thing with this, I guess, in the same cognitive function, the left and right, because that always made me like, it drove me crazy when people don't know left from right, because we, te we teach that from like an age of two or three or four, like, and there's only two. I get it if there's like eight different directions, but if there's only two. Hold on, you know what you're saying now is so interesting, okay? Yeah. You just, I, oh my gosh, this is fascinating. You just said, I get it if there would be eight. Yeah. Eight different like sides or directions. Yeah. Okay, why? Because what we spoke about earlier about the email box, right? Yeah. When there's a lot of information that is where your brain has a more challenging time. So as soon as it becomes eight, 
your brain has more of a challenge. But for people between left and right, it has nothing to do with how many it is. It has to do with what part it is in relation to me. I know about the concepts of right and left. Like that isn't the issue. But where is my my right again? Like it's not about many. It's about the space. Right. It's yeah. that space around and like being able to understand that space. And yeah. So it's cool to see like speaking. Yeah, exactly. Like your perceptions and your judgments will come based on your cognitive functions. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Oh, that yeah. makes so much sense. That's so interesting. Yeah. Right. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Okay. So if you want to get better at it, um, one of my favorite games, it's actually a kids game. So you could play with your kids also, but it's, um, super challenging for adults also i love to do it or do it with my clients too it's called right turn left turn google like right turn left turn game mm-hmm. um i don't make any money off it so like i'm not trying to promote <laughs> it to you, but like it's like honestly it's like it's really good um it's essentially it's it it's like a police officers officers standing in different directions so sometimes you see their front sometimes you see their back and you have to like figure out whatever it's like a whole game of figuring out about like turning right or turning left oh. and because sometimes you see their front and sometimes you see their back you have to keep them going back and forth in your brain which side is their right and which side is their left mm, i see yeah that makes a lot of sense to learn that yeah. type of stuff yeah another thing you could do um is just like by going for a walk in the park or some like down the street and just Every person that you see, like, take note of which hand is their right and which hand is their left. There's going to be people walking in different directions. They're turning and stuff like that. And that will also help you get right and left because sometimes we're good at knowing our rights and lefts, but you struggle with, like, when someone else is in a different direction. Mm. That's, like, first. Like, if you're struggling with rights and lefts, you're going to need to do that first before you do anything else in space. Yeah. Um, so get that first and then we could like talk about the other space things. Yeah. <laughs> so if let's say I got that down now, left, right, I got it down, but I'm still crashing into people in the, in the supermarket uh, right. or like, or like <laughs> when you see people like on YouTube and they're trying to jump somewhere and they just over jump it by like two meters or under jump it by like a meter and just miss like, it just, they don't have that like, uh, spatial awareness, I guess, to to calculate how much force they need to go to that place they want to land at. How would you work on that? Or crashing into people. Like, how would you work on that? Right. So that's more like seeing this amount of space, right? Like in in the brain. So you want to like do, like I like to imagine, let's say you were moving something in your room. So let's say there's a dresser that you want to move. Or let's say in your office, you decide that like you're going to move this bookcase to a different part. Like, imagine it in your brain take a few minutes to like figure out how will it fit how much space it's going to take up till where it's going to take up and then once you have that like clear in your brain go and move it because then you'll see if you're right or you're wrong oh yeah so you'll see right and it will give you like a better judgment oh i was like a few a few centimeters off or even if like with your car right like this might be something with your car like Take the time to like walk around a car and see like how big my car is and go to like an empty parking lot, go to a place like where you're not going to actually total your car and like see, try to see, can I fit in here? Don't do anything that will, like I said, like will kill you, but like conscious, be, do conscious things to imagine it in your brain and then test it out to see if you're right. Yeah. So 
basically practice that that thing and like consciously practice. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. All right. Next one. Okay. The next one is also a really abstract one. And this is being aware of time. Like actually like understanding time, like how long something takes, um, or like what need, what needs to happen first is really something else. But like the way it might show up is like typical. Anyone who, who lacks time management looks like it might be time, but it actually might be other things. Like it might be from other cognitive functions because time management requires many cognitive functions. But if you like, let's say, are always running late or like, let's say you always think this is a good one. You always think you could fit in one more thing right mm. before the meeting like oh yeah i'll just throw dinner in the oven or like i'm going out i have to go pick up my kid and i'm going yeah i could like run these three errands even though i can only do two um or or leaving things for last minute not understanding how much time this task is going to actually take you that all has to do with time like how long does this actually take yeah all right awesome so let's let's dig into that one if uh because i've heard this i can't remember what it's called it's like one of these fallacies or uh, one of these concepts that like things will take as long as you give it. So if I, for example, if I say I'm going to clean my house and I need to finish it within two weeks, usually if I say that, then it's going to take me two weeks. But if I only give myself like four hours, I'll do it in four hours. Like it actually doesn't take me two weeks to clean the house. It's just what I, what I put on it. Like, one hundred percent, yeah, and then yeah. and then I do believe that things fill up the amount of time that it takes. Um, but like, it's more about understanding. On a let's put it like this: that concept. I, I forgot the official. I think it starts with a P. There's like an official term with it. But what happens yeah. is what the concept's about is that. You're going to like stop procrastinating and what's going to happen is if you have less time, you're going to focus on what's most important. Okay. You're not going to, if you only have four hours, you're not going to like dust every single corner and you're not going to procrastinate at all. You're going to like do what you need to do in order to make it work, which is true. Okay. But how long, like what is the actual time? How do I say this? Like, what's the actual time that it's going to take you? Not so much in, like, about, like, wasting time, but, like, okay, let me maybe give it to you with an example, okay? If you have 10 minutes to take a shower, I believe you could take your shower in 10 minutes. And if you have 20 minutes to take a shower, it is going to take you 20 minutes to take a shower, right? But you are just going to, like, less enjoy your shower. You're going to be more rushed. Like, you will make it work. It will fill up the time that you had. Mm-hmm. But when you are going about your day, you are not always telling yourself, I only have 10 minutes to take a shower. Yeah, what happens is we plan our day, right? We say like, okay, I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to make a coffee and then I'm going to do these things and then I'm going to go out to work. Yeah. But we don't say I have only 10 minutes to take our shower. So it is not just filling up that shower. We think in our brain, oh, I could do it in 10 minutes, but we don't give ourselves just those 10 minutes. Do you understand the difference? It's like, yeah, we're, 
that concept works when we give ourselves a specific amount of time. Yeah. But by just thinking that I can just do this, then we yeah. aren't, it takes more time than what it actually is. Yeah. Well, of course, I mean, in our daily, in our day to day life, we, most things that we do, we don't give ourselves like a limit. Like, hey, I have to finish this within an hour. I have to, just like you said, I have to, what I have to do before I go to work, I have to shower, have a coffee, have breakfast, do this and this. And we don't plan it. At least I don't. I don't think like the coffee is going to take seven minutes and then the shower is going to. I actually don't know how long anything takes because I never timed it. I never. I just I just kind of know like if I start at this time, I usually get to work on time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of the. One of the things that I tell people, like if they really struggle with this, is to yes for a week time your things that are most that you do most often, so that way you can plan accordingly, mm. right? So you, even if you haven't figured out exactly how long everything takes, your brain has does have a sense of time. I mean, I haven't like spoke to you so much about this, but at least on some level, from what you said, so it knows that I'm just going to guess like an hour that you need in order to go to work. Like if I do this, then I'll, I'll be ready for an hour. But what's going to happen all of a sudden with like something in your life like drastically changes? I don't know. Um, all of a sudden you move and now it takes you like way longer to get to work. Or there's like a new kid or like, you know, like all of a sudden things change and we have to readjust. So someone like you might just like, it might take a few days, but then like you'll figure out, you'll get into a new pattern. Oh, I need to wake up 15 minutes earlier. But someone who doesn't have the concept of time is going to struggle because they still think that they could fit in one more thing. They, their brain mm. struggling to understand how long things actually take. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So if you are a person uh, who's struggling with this without maybe until until you hear this, maybe you didn't even know that this is like a skill that you could actually work on. Yeah. Um, Hold on. I need to interrupt you on yep, that right yep, now. Yep. <laughs> because I think this is very important, especially time. So a lot of people with like ADHD who are like get time blindness. They're like, they're literally like get lost and have like zero concept of time and things like that have been told and have been like put into them that they just have time blindness or they're always never going to be in time. So they have to create some sort of system or have someone in their life to help them be able to always be on time, right? Because they're also just going to always be missing flights and they're just going to be missing important important appointments and things like that. So like they have to set up their lives around the fact that they struggle with time. Yeah. But like you just said, time is a skill. Understanding time is a skill that you can learn even if you currently have time blindness. It's just the reason you have time blindness is because you haven't developed this skill. Yeah, awesome. I, I love it. I love, that's why I enjoyed our last conversation so much too. And the whole concept of this is because I feel like a lot of people in many, many different ways, including myself in the past, is like, you know, people who are like, oh, but I'm not a morning person. Um, I'm not organized. I'm not this, I'm not that. I'm not an entrepreneur. Uh, I'm not entrepreneur minded. I'm not, I could never start a business, but it's like, you are like that now, but you also, you used to be different. I think we even said this on the last episode, you used to be different. So obviously you've changed. So why couldn't you change again? Most of the things in your life you can get better at. I don't, I never accept that. I'm just, I am just like this. 
Yeah, but well, you can change it. It's, you're not a set thing. You're not a chair. Like, and even a chair, you can <laughs> rebuild. You, you, even a chair, you can rebuild, right? So it's like you can actually improve almost everything in your life if you wanted to. Exactly. Yeah. It's that, that growth mindset. That I spoke yeah. about last time. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, back to that time uh, concept of time. What would someone like that? Someone who says I have ADHD or I, I, I can never be on time. I never, how would they start working on this in a simple way? Yeah. So there's a few things they could do. Um, first of all, like we just, I said before, I was like time or schedules. Yeah. Well, well, what's going to happen is besides for like you actually knowing how long it takes you to take a shower instead of like just assuming like, oh, I could do this in five minutes. Um, it's going to develop your brain's ability to understand time, like how long something is. Like I remember someone once told me, like, I know how long a minute is because that's how long on my microwave. Like it takes me something to warm up. Like right. there's like a certain like, right, like your brain begins to get the understanding. Now that's just a minute. But can your brain understand how long 10 minutes is or 30 minutes, right? Like that sense of time. So that's um, one thing, just like by time your activities, I'm going to warn you. It's like, it's not fun, but it will be worth it. It's like, a week, it's, it's, it's a week of like writing down how long your things take and actually timing it, but it's so worth it. Um, another thing to do, which is simple and it will just give your brain an idea of time. on like a broader concept, not so much like the minutes, but just like what time is, is get yourself a big calendar, like those big monthly calendars. And whether this is for your family or this is just like for you for like work and like you're keeping it in your office and hang up like at least two or three months better yet if you could even do like six months at a time writing all your important things that are happening and it will just give your help your brain think a broader picture of like time on like on, on a on a bigger scale yeah fantastic i i'll add also because i had a, a lady on the show before called uh her name is leslie joselle and she works with time management and procrastination and especially with teenagers and, and stuff like this. She mentioned that, but she also said like clocks, like actual analog clocks, hang them everywhere. Like you'll learn time if you do that because you'll see it everywhere. Uh, yeah. Another yeah. thing that a friend told me, I was asking for my, for my kid who's three years old and he said, because he's a child psychologist, He's, and he works in schools and he said they use something called a time timer, which yes. is basically, I've never, I never saw it before. It's basically a timer, but it changes colors. So it goes from, I think from like red to green over, over whatever time you set it to. And that way, especially probably for kids, then your child can see when it's getting closer to whatever, like we're leaving in 10 minutes, I'll put the time timer on they can visually see it instead of just guessing yeah, yeah that's really good um is like everything's connected to cognitive functions that um connects back to a different one it's called like abstract thinking right like making mm -hmm. something concrete versus more abstract so the numbers time is more abstract versus the colors for the kids right like it's they know they're more it's more they're more connected to the green and the yeah. red versus like the seven and the three um so as a kid those that's really good as they get older you want to 
slowly move them away from that right like you don't want them to have to be relying on that when they're like 25 like that's obvious but like i just had to put that out because we tend to do that like yeah like you said before like we're gonna stay the same way we are yeah yeah of course of course that's funny like you're 25 and you're still waiting for a green light or red light to to do whatever yeah yeah my mentor she's so funny she makes fun i don't know if like you have it by you but like in america they have like these like counting teddy bears that teach kids counting i don't know is it a video or oh it's like little figures yeah yeah okay and they're like these like hard plastic things and sometimes they use it like for math or for counting and again like when you're five that's good but like she's like you don't want to ask a 10 year old how old they are and they have to take them out of their pocket and count one two because like that's what at least in America, sometimes <laughs> they end up doing so. <laughs> yeah, of course. You, you, you basically what you're saying is progression, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't but want to stay. We'll get more into it, like when we talk about that kind of Yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, that's a bit about time. Next one. Next one. Yes. Um. Okay. Don't get like freaked out by the name. We're gonna break <laughs> this down. It's called conserving constancies okay so basically seeing what stays the same or what needs to stay the same even when something changes so if i have two squares okay they're both four sides are all equal four right angles right like two sets of parallel lines exactly what makes up a square but one is red and one is blue are they still both squares yeah yeah now what happens if they're both red But now one of the squares has two sides that are longer than the other sides. Are they still both squares? Well, it's a rectangle. No. Rectangle. Yeah, it's a rectangle, right? right? (laughs) So even though they're both red, it has nothing to do with the square, right? That isn't important for us for this piece of information of wanting to know if it is a square or not. So it's conserving consisting is being able to see like, what aspects of it need to stay the same for this thing to be the same? Oh, so like if it changes color, it doesn't change the, the If we the care square. about squares, exactly. Yeah, yeah. so how, yeah. how would you, can you give an example for, for like, because that's, again, like sounds like something you would maybe teach for kids or, but how would that uh, be, how can that, what would that look like in, in like an adult's life? Do you, have, yeah. do you have an example for that? Yeah. So, so here's an example, but it, um, but like everything, it might also be a different cognitive function. But like one way this might show up is like if something in our schedule changes, and it's like now the whole I'm so lost. The whole schedule is so different. No, like one thing changed, but most of your day is still the same. Mm. Right? Or even even like on a simpler level, you are yourself. In work, in family, in when you're with your friends, you are still Rasmus, but different parts of it change. Even if different parts of your personality show up, you as your soul is still there. Yeah. Right. Or, or maybe if like another way it might come up is like, let's say it's like a little bit different. Like, let's say simple, like a brand decides to like change their packaging, right? Mm-hmm. So like, okay, so that's not, it doesn't affect us personally, but the thing, the actual product, the food that we're tasting is still the same just because they changed mm-hmm. the packaging. It's not the same, but like if you ordered something and now it like needs to show up a little bit differently in your life, like let's say, here's a good example. Let's say you ordered something online, like a piece of furniture or something. 
and it showed up and it's not exactly the same as you thought. Does it still fit or doesn't like, does it, is the color off? Like, so now you, the color really matters because it has to match all the other furniture. So now it's not good or the color doesn't make such a difference. Cause it's not the perfect, like there's not that perfect shade of gray anyway. So it's okay if it's like a little bit different shade of gray. Mm, yeah. So it's about our expectations a bit. Uh, in that way, is it? yes, it's expectations will be more, um, in a different, in a different cognitive function, mm, Okay. but it's more about understanding what needs to stay the same. Like what's most important, like what needs to stay the same for this thing to actually be what it is. Mm, I see. I see. Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, like that calendar, um, example is kind of good. Cause I know for myself, not so much, but I, uh, I know a lot of other people, you might have, let's say, 10 things scheduled for the day and then one thing changes and you get really stressed out when in reality you just get an hour break or you could just do something like it's not a big deal. But because you but that's why I think that's why I said expectation, because you you had an expectation for the day and then something changed. Right. And, um, so yeah. there's another. um cognitive function it's called considering another perspective or it's also like cognitive flexibility mm -hmm. right like being flexible um so sometimes the schedule comes up as more like from that aspect expectation of like i have this expectation of the day and now like being able to change that and be flexible with it sometimes it's it's this it's this conserving constancies it's like the rest of the day isn't horrible. Like some people like the rest of the day, they can't focus. They're not sure like what else is going to happen yeah. They're Right. Like that is not so much of, of like flexibility. It's more of like not being able to see the same, that this meeting still is the same thing just because the meeting before was canceled. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Next one. Okay, we, this is our last um, cognitive function in the input phase and in taking in, in, actually, no, it's not. Second to last is number seven. Um, it's number seven, taking in information in a clear way. So it's called collecting precise and accurate data or like getting precise information. So when you're getting information from someone, right? You want to make sure you're getting in the right information. Someone gives you a phone number. If it's one phone number off, they give it, you're like, you can't call them. Or if somebody hmm. like write one dot in an email, like you can't send the email. So when you're taking in information, you want to make sure you're taking in information um, in that precise way. Hmm. And could you give an example of something you've encountered where this was a problem for someone? Yes. Um, so like, uh, here's a very good example. <laughs> also, ADHD, but not just, um, this specific person was, but like not so much caring about the details because they're like, yeah, whatever. Like it doesn't really make a difference. I'll just like, like I get, get the idea. I'll be able to figure it out and then not being able to like do so well. So let's say like when they were like taking in clients and like getting client information, not being super careful with all like, yes, they got their name and they got the email and they got like the things that they think they ma matter, but like things that like didn't matter so much, like not actually caring so much about the information. Like here's, it's more business example, but maybe I'll find, uh, I'll give you another example. So, but like, let's say for example, um, like finding out exactly where this client came from, like 
was not just like social media, but like, was it from Instagram? Was it from TikTok? Was it from LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Like getting, getting that precise information. Cause like, once you have that information, then you could like figure out like, where's most of my clients. But if you just like say social media, that's not, that's not super precise. Right. But like, um, but this same, this same person like had the same struggle. And like, let's see when it was like, was baking or stuff. Yeah. Like she has some like crazy stories of like when it was baking, like not, not taking the right information. So putting in like tablespoons instead of like teaspoons, oh, right? Like yeah. a tablespoon is three times the amount of a teaspoon. Um, so yeah, if you put in a tablespoon of salt, like, <laughs> right. That's yeah. not getting the right information in. Oh, I get it. And is that just like, uh, that would be, it sounds like you're just sloppy when you think like you just, you're <laughs> right. just not, like, right. <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's, it's, it can show up sloppy. It's more of like, um, not caring so much about details. Like, so if you know, a lot of times these people are really like, they're really big thinkers and they're very visionaries. So they're really good, like entrepreneurs or even like in their lives, they have like really big goals and things like that. And they don't care about like the little details are what's going to help them make, get to those big goals. I see. I get it. Yeah. So paying attention to detail and there's a, there's two sides to that, I think, because a lot of people who, in my experience, uh, who pay too much attention to detail or like if, if you suffer from like perfectionism, right? That to me, and I've heard this before and I've said it on the podcast too, is the same as procrastinate, like procrastination, because if it's not perfect, I'm not going to release it, the book that I'm writing. Whereas the, the person who, makes it like 95% perfect. He's going to write 10 books while you only released maybe one, if that, because yours, it's never going to be perfect. So I think you need to find a balance and there's a place and time for both. Sometimes you really need to pay attention to details and sometimes you you just need to like get the big stuff done. Um, but so if you, yeah, I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. a lot of people do confuse perfection and, and precision. And I think that the difference is that precision is what needs to be most precise for this specific situation. So mm-hmm. if someone's doing a neurosurgeon on like having a surgery on your brain, you want them to be perfect, <laughs> right? Like the different situation needs to be different, doing different things. But even like if you're cooking a soup, it makes less difference of like how much salt you put in versus if you're baking a cake, right? Like every situation needs, needs, needs that different amount of precision. Um, and yeah, like there's that balance of like where that precision starts becoming perfection. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what, how could one work at this skill? Yeah. So first you want to make sure you have all the precise information that you need to do a task. So before you start any sort of task, just like asking yourself, do I have everything I need? Like is all the information that I have here accurate? Right. So someone like, um, I don't know, it's like you're doing like computer work or stuff and you like get like information from three different sources. Do I have all the accurate information from three different sources? Or even if you're like cleaning a room, right? Like, do I have the garbage bags? Do I have the spray? Whatever I need, like in order to be able to do this. Another thing you could do um, more simply, like that applies more is just whenever you're getting any sort of information, just like checking for errors, um, like checking to see for mistakes. So someone like sometimes we do this naturally. Someone gives asks us for a phone number, so we repeat the phone number back, right? That is making sure that we are getting the precise 
information. So if you already do that, use that in other areas of your life. Like where else do you need to check for errors um, to make sure you're not having any, any mistakes? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good one. All right. Do we have one left on the input side? Yeah. One left on the input side. Let's do it. That is um, holding two or more pieces of information in your brain at the same time. And this is the cognitive function I was talking about when you were talking about reading that by the time you got up to the first sentence, you you, like, and a little bit later on, you forgot the second sentence. I am curious if, it could be it was labeling. I don't know, like for you, but I'm curious if it's more related to this one. Okay. Can, using two, like holding two pieces of information in our brain at the same time is being able to hold like multiple concepts in our brain at the same time. Don't confuse this with multitasking, right? If you tell your child to brush their teeth and brush their hair, you don't want them to do them both at the same time. Yeah. Right. But you want them to remember to do both and then come back to you or then go into bed or whatever they were going to do. Right. So that is holding the information of brushing their hair and brushing their teeth. Mm. Right. So uh, we actually um, start learning this like from when we're two years old, like being able to hold to remember like two step directions. But many, many, many adults struggle with this. And there's also like ranges. So if could you hold two or could you hold three? Um, most people, if they could hold five, that's very comfortable and easy for like running your life but if you could hold like seven that like is like wow Mm, okay i see i see so could you give an example of where someone struggles with this in like in business or just in in day-to-day life for like yeah um yeah so someone who needs to write everything down that they are going to do right now. So I'm not talking about like remembering something for later because that's different. I'm talking about like, right, holding the information right now. So like if you walk into the house and like you need to unpack your groceries, you need to clean your kitchen and you need to put up dinner and like, you know, you're going to be doing all those like within the next 10 minutes and you need to write that down. That is struggling to remember a few pieces of information. Hmm. If it is, like you're having a conversation with someone and like you constantly find yourself forgetting like not a long conversation you just like met someone in a networking event or something and they like said who they like what work they do and like who's their ideal client and like you're trying to listen to their story and you already like forgot about what work they do that's like forgetting that yeah i think i I struggled with this a bit yeah yeah i'm not surprised like we said like from that reading which is like i said a lot of a lot of people struggle with it and it's like it's a skill and you could like totally improve yeah. yeah, well, the way it, this is interesting because I actually talked with my wife and my mother-in-law about this yesterday because they both like, you suck at listening. You only listen when it's very, very interesting to you. And I'm like, do I? Maybe I do. I don't know. But I don't know. I think you're a really good listener. <laughs> well, I mean, when I do the podcast, I think I'm, I'm pretty good I'm, and I'm definitely getting better. But I think it's the same as the reading part. Like I catch myself sometimes talking to people and like five minutes goes by and I can't remember what they said in the beginning. And I'm like, damn, I'm trying to figure out, you know, their name, their occupation, whatever it was that I, it just slipped my mind. And it's annoying for me because I don't want to come across as someone who doesn't listen to the people I'm talking to. So how can I work on that? Yes. Oh, that's a really, it's, it's a really good example. And then it's like frustrating because then like you're trying to remember and by only trying to remember, like 
your so-called listening less. Not that you're not listening, but like it looks like you're listening less because you're focused now and trying to remember. And yeah, yeah, it just gets into a vicious cycle. And honestly, like it happens with a lot of the cognitive functions, and you can improve it. So you wanna um, start by giving yourself two things to do in a row. Okay, like I said, like you're coming in from the grocery store. I'm unpacking the bags and I am cleaning the counters or like two things in a row to do whatever you're doing. I'm going to send this email. I'm going to respond to this text. Like tell yourself two things to do. Once you see that is like happening, we're naturally at three and then at four. You want to build up till at least five. Um, it will take time and like in the beginning, but you'll get there. Like it's a skill. Another thing you could do is play games that like, you know, I love board games, but that require you to hold a few pieces of information at the same time. Hmm. Specifically games like it's called like cat crimes. It's like basically a game where you have to figure out which cat did the crime and they give you like a bunch of clues and you have to like Based on the clues, you have to figure it out, but you have to hold the clues in your brain because a lot of the clues are relying on each other. So you have to remember oh. clue number two in order to figure out clue number four and five, right? Oh, I that see. Works. So it's not like, like uh, what's the game? Clue, there's a game called Cluedo, which is kind of like that. It's like a house and it's, it's like who murdered, someone died. Who murdered that person in what, in what room with what Oh, weapon, who was like with, on a big board. Yeah, but on yeah, that I know. one, yeah, that's one of those, one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but on that one, you get cards, so you don't have to right. remember it. Exactly. You have the, you can see it. Exactly. Yeah. And and you have like pads, and you like write things down. Yeah, and yeah. It's a fun game. That's a super fun game, but it's it's and there is like strategy to it, but it's not so much this cognitive function. Mm. Right? This other one, Cat Crimes, I think it also comes in like Dog Crimes. It's the same thing. It's a one-person huh. game. And there's like one card with a bunch of clues and you have to figure it out. And there might even even like be like these games. Like I think they sell them in like booklets or even like online. Like you could just like like games that give you clues and you have to like figure out the solution based on like the clues that they mm. give you. I should like really research and see which one so I could like get help people. Yeah. Help some more yeah. people. All right. So but have this conversation with your wife about this two sources of information. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to show her this clip from this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> help, have her help you. Yeah. When we could create a surrounding of people who have the same terminology as us, who's using the cognitive functions, who's reminding us, like it works way, way faster. Um, like improving these cognitive functions. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. So to, to summarize just how you could work on it, basically, again, it's just progression. Start with two items or two things. Go to three, go to four, go to five or even higher. I mean, and, and naturally, I would assume you'll see progression if you just do this on a daily. I mean, you're going to do the things anyways. You might as well do it uh, cognitively, like actually think about what you're doing. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Is that, that's all of them for the input side of it. Yeah. You want to go a couple more, go into some other stuff. We can, we want. could, I mean, I think Unless pretty sure do it like a separate episode for like the elaboration. Cause that's going to be like 12. Yeah. How many do we have left on the, uh, what was it? It's input. Input is eight and then elaboration is 12 and then output is another eight. Let's do, uh, let's do four of the ones on, uh, the elaboration. Yeah. 
Okay. No, wait, is that the one with 12 or with eight? Yeah, this is the one with 12. Is that the middle one? The middle one, yeah. yeah I would want so to go in the, order. the processing. Right, the processing part. Things, awesome. Yeah. Let's do like four and then we'll do all the rest in a sec separate Perfect. episode. Awesome. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, great. So now we are up to the next phase of thinking. But I'm going to remind you we jump back around because you're going to see like while we're having to process the information, we might sometimes need it get more information. So we're going to go back to the input phase. All right. We'll see. Let's do this. Okay. So the next cognitive function or the first cognitive function in the elaboration phase is called defining the problem. Just as it sounds, getting super clear on what the actual problem is. Like, have you ever or know someone who like started solving a problem and midway through or like after spending tons of money and time, they realized it was like actually a different problem? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is not defining the problem. Mm. Okay. Yeah, mm. it's super easy to understand. Um, but I think sometimes even if we do define the problem, we only define the problem on a surface level. We don't go like deep to what the actual problem mm. like the actual problem is, right? Okay. Like just going back for a second, like to what you said about the listening, like I'm not trying to like attack your wife, but I just thought it was no. a good example. Like she's just saying like you're not listening. That's like a surface level problem. There's a deeper problem here of that cognitive functions. Or um, here's another example. It's a bit gross, but I like it because it's not cognitive functions. So it explains it. People have an easier time understanding it. Um, but also you have to remind me if I said this, stop me about it. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't exactly remember everything I said in the previous episode. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but about a year ago, my dad fell off a bike and became paralyzed from the neck down. And he had to, um, he's now walking again. So against the odds, he's doing really good. But he spent months, he had to like, he needed surgery and he like, they had to move his throat to do the surgery and like move it back. So for quite a long time, he couldn't eat. He had to have like a feeding peg, like in, that food like went straight into his stomach, right? And anyways, he was in this rehab, um, getting food in his peg and he really wasn't like sleeping well. So they decided to give him like sleeping medication. And then he was like having a lot of like um, gas <clears throat> pains. So they decided to give him gas, um, gas medications, gas X. And then he like was having trouble going to the bathroom. So they gave him like medications for that. And he was like just taking like every day there was like another situation, just taking more medications and like wasn't helping. He still couldn't sleep. He still had all those other issues like it wasn't working mom's like we have to actually figure out what is going on here and she spoke mm -hmm. to a different doctor like someone out of the rehab someone completely like private and she's like what food is eating like what food are they putting straight into his stomach directly and essentially the food that they were giving was like basically chemicals like not real food and that was what was causing all the problems they switched up the food, gave him more like this, like organic, like actual, like it was real food, basically just like crushed up mm. and everything went away. Gas issues away. Sleep, um, like bathroom issues gone. Now he could sleep better because he doesn't have these gas issues and these things. That's gone. Why? Instead of just like saying, oh, I have this issue. So I'm just going to give you medication. Actually figuring out what the problem was, all the other issues went away. Mm. Yeah, so this is like, like, yeah. It, it seems to be a very common problem these days, especially with medication, with stuff like this. It's like, 
oh, I can't sleep because I don't have my sleeping pills. No, that's not the problem. The problem is that you need sleeping pills in the first place. Maybe figure that part out and then you can sleep without them. Like that, that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a huge issue in many different topics today. And, and one that I just thought of a completely different example, but I think if I'm getting this right, like people will say uh, a problem that I have is that I don't have a lot of money, right? I want a lot of money and I don't have it. But a better way to look at that is like, okay, so what am I actually willing to do to make money? Or how much money do I actually need? Or like, what, what do I, what skills do I have that can potentially make me money? That is way more interesting than just saying, oh, I don't have a lot of money. Yeah, but figure out how to make money is the problem. That you don't know how to make money, basically. That's the problem. Right, exactly. Not that you don't have it. The problem is just you don't know how to get it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. a very good example. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Okay, so how can we get better at that? I mean, yeah, so honestly, it's, 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 it's not, nothing so fancy. Just getting clear on like, what is the actual problem here? And mm -hmm. if you just get like a simple answer, like I don't have money or I can't sleep or whatever it is, it's like, what is causing me? I like that question. What is causing me? And then you could helps you get deeper. So what is causing me not to be able to sleep because I don't have my sleeping medication, but like, what is causing me to need sleeping medication? Yeah. Right, then you're going to get to the real answer. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like that. I know you, uh, it's one of my favorite clips from our previous one. You said the ask yourself why seven times. You could, yeah. you could use that for this too. Like, <laughs> exactly. Why am I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Next one, searching for relevant cues. Okay. So this is like looking for um, clues or hints or just like, things that are relevant to the situation. Now, like all the cognitive functions, there's a spectrum and you could like be good or bad on it on different levels, like in different ways. Some people like miss all clues, like they just str had struggle finding it. And some people find everything, but they struggle to see what is relevant to the situation. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So the obvious like way this shows up is like social cues, right? Like it's yeah. like the first one. Um, that that obviously comes to mind but it's like whenever you're doing some sort of work or some sort or having a conversation with someone it's like what is relevant to this conversation right like what information do i need to share right like someone who overshares struggles with this um someone who always like starts a task and forgets they think they did like getting precise information, right? Like remember we spoke earlier, they think they got everything, but they for like, but they didn't get what was relevant to this task. They didn't get the information relevant to do this task. To start on with it. Mm, I see. And how can we work on this skill? Yes. So, um, here it's obviously being conscious about it. Um, but also playing games that require you to use clues. So that game that you said before clue, does require you more to use this thinking skill of like picking up relevant cues from other people mm -hmm. because of like how the game is structured right and like you yeah. get to yeah. like figure out based on other like people so if they don't have to right like that's picking up clues yeah. um also just simply asking yourself is this relevant or what information do i need will help you will help you with that fantastic all right cool
Okay, next one, comparing, number 11. This is comparing. And this is one that, on a very basic level, a lot of people think they're good at. I think we spoke about this one a little bit last time. So Maybe. let's do it again. Um, comparing, when we need compare, we need to compare on the same level. We have to like say like both colors, both sides, both weights, both like the level or the fancy word for that is parameters, both parameters for whatever we are comparing or for the four things we're comparing, whatever we're comparing. Doesn't really help if you say like this one is blue and this one is like weighs four pounds. Like they have to help. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say it on, on the same level. Um, and honestly, it's very related to decisions. Anyone who struggles with making decisions a lot of times, it's related to this because they're not getting clear on what is most important to them because they're not comparing on the same level. So if you have to like buy two houses and you're like, oh, I like this one better. It's cheaper. I like this one better. It's in a better neighborhood. What's more important for you? Mm. Okay, so I think that comes to mind for me is someone because I've talked about this on this topic before with on the podcast too, is like someone is at a job that is like, okay, but they're thinking about changing jobs. And then that that would be like comparing like, so on the second job, I travel less, but I make more money. Instead of just comparing like the money versus the money and the time versus the time and then what matters more to me exactly oh, literally yeah. like if you have like a big decision or there's a lot of like complexities so that's like that's a it's a good decision like about switching jobs because like sometimes it's like one is just traveling less and one is more money but like sometimes there's a lot more complexities to it yeah. like one is further away one is more hours there's like a lot of variables and that's where it makes it very confusing for people to make decisions because there's like five best points here and five best points here mm. and you could literally make out a chart like right down on one side like what it is and write each one of them out and rate your things in priorities. What is most important that I travel less, that I make more money, that I work less hours. Like what is most important then when you have it in that chart right there, it's like much easier to, to just go and make that decision. Yeah. Awesome. I, th I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of people don't even think about what really is important to them. It's yeah. just kind of like what sounds better. But you didn't think it through like, oh, it sounds better. I don't have to travel as long. Yeah, sure. But maybe the money is more important to you. Maybe time off is more important to you, vacation or whatever it might be. But I think a lot of us it just we don't really think about about it that deeply. It's just like, oh, I'll save some time. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, but is time what you need? Do you really want the time? Like, is you know, ask yourself. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that's afterwards where we afterwards regret decisions because like we thought we needed that, but then like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Versus if you made a decision because you decided that, you know, no time is more important or, or making more money was important than like you don't, it doesn't bother you as much when you still have to travel because you, yeah. you made that decision that making more money was important or maybe it's vice versa to you. That's first of all. And second of all, your decisions, you can make your decisions much faster. Some people have the opposite <clears throat> spectrum. They like overthink too much of it, but they, they're like going in circles because like, but I want this and I want that and I want that. But like, what's most important to you? Just go clear on that and everything else falls into place. Mm, yeah. Good concept. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So to get better at it is literally just 
making sure you're comparing on the same level. So whenever you're making a decision, that's a really good time to like write out, write it out and like compare everything on the same level. But even on a simple level, you could walk around your house and take two random things and just like, just compare them. What's the same? What's different about these two things? And mm. just take two minutes to, to like identify that. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, next one in elaboration we have i think this is the this is the fourth, fourth one, one. Yeah, yeah the fourth one in elaboration okay it is called working memory so or broad mental field working memory is really like part of it but memory there's many different parts of memory and many different people categorize it differently okay mm-hmm. This cognitive function is specifically about memory needed for this specific task, okay? It is very related to um, holding two or more pieces of information at the same time, like Mm. remembering that. Um, But it's a little bit more than that. It's already like coming into the processing um, phase of like remembering that information that you need to work on right now. but a lot of times it will show up in the same way, right? So having those conversations with people, like like we said, and like, it looks like you're not listening, is that working memory? Or sometimes like if you're, um, like I, for example, didn't struggle so much with holding two or more pieces of information, but working memory I did, right? So if let's say you would give me a phone number remembering like i would have to keep on going back for each letter Mm, right not just like i couldn't hold the information but i couldn't remember the information right like tell me one phone number one maybe two letters at a time right um so so like that's like a place that like whenever you have to remember stuff basically remember a few things i think that that phone number one is is a one that is common that like it shows up things yeah. take you a lot longer because you keep on having to go back to the original like you keep on having to re like re go back to the information because you can't remember the information in your brain yeah yeah i i learned in I can't remember what class it was we talked about this in when i was in university in australia he yeah it would it was actually the example of the phone number where he said we remember stuff much better if we like let's say you have 10 numbers you split them up into like three three four or like three 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 one and that's actually how my brain works too if i'm reading like a, a long number i go three five six i write that down five eight two i write that down. like i do three at a time or four at a time uh yeah, but is that something that, like, how would you improve that? Would you just practice doing that? Yeah, so this was something I also struggled with for a long time. And I, like, did, like, a bunch of, like, memory exercises online. Like, there's, like, if you Google memory thing, like, working memory, there's, like, a whole bunch of games. And none of them worked for me until I um, created, basically, this sort of exercise that really, really helped it does require you to use a few of the other cognitive functions, including like orientation and space and things like that. So if you're struggling with some of the other ones, you might want to do it afterwards. That's why we work in order of the cognitive functions. But essentially this echoes, take a paper and draw six like squares, six frames. Okay. 
Now, within each one of those frames, you are going to draw like random shapes. So a square, a circle, like lines, like make different pictures. Start simple, like not so many, like maybe only two squares. Um, and as you're going to get better at it, you're going to get more complex. Three squares and a triangle with a squiggly line, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you take your phone and you record each one exactly exactly what each one of these squares are so you're what's happening in each one of the frames so in frame one there's two squares in the right hand corner on top of each other frame two has three circles at the bottom starting one one at the left corner one at the right corner and one in the center it also has a triangle in the top center like literally get very specific and record exactly what is in that frame so when you say record do you mean like a voice memo like like oh, on a voice memo, oh, on recording awesome. app yeah. on your phone, um, if you have that, um, just record it. Then what you're going to do is you're going to take a new paper and you're going to draw six frames again. And you're going to listen to one frame at a time. Don't listen to all six because that's like ridiculous amount of information. But one frame, listen to the recording of one frame and now like right away, draw that one frame. Oh, oh, so your nice. brain has to remember that, right? Like that working memory has to remember that information. And then you could compare because you have your sample that you draw before you can compare them and see what was different. Mm. Now, like I said, there might be a few other cognitive functions involved. If space is a struggle, when you say right or left, you're going to have a hard time with that. Um, precision. If you did not record it precisely, when you recorded it, you were for sure not going to be able to do it. That's why we said good information in, good information out. Um, but for the most part, like if you're good at those two and then like this will be a really good exercise for you. I'll tell you, I had a real challenge with it in the beginning. But like a couple of times a week for a few weeks and it just, it works really well. At least it did for me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, shit, yeah. we did an hour and 20 minutes. And I, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. This is for me. It's so much fun because I can relate to tons of what you're saying. And I, I'm kind of finding things that I'm like, yeah, I probably need to work on that one. It's 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 so much fun for me. And we'll definitely do a part two. And I think we can maybe cover the rest in, in that one. And yeah, uh, yeah. thank you for awesome. coming on this again. So fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is so I much fun. It's so it. interesting. And like a lot of the things, that's why I like the examples because usually the easiest examples are like what you can do for a child or with colors or whatever, but you can also find examples that are for, because obviously five-year-olds don't listen to the show, right? But you can, you can find ways to apply these things to business, to relationships, to life, to organizing your home, to, to many, many different things. That's what's so interesting about it. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you having me here. I, yeah. Oh, it's good. my, my like pleasure. Said, foundations, like you said, it's like, right, it starts as kids, but like everything else, all other skills that you've learned are built on top of this. So that's why it does apply to life and relationships and business and all the other good things. Yeah. Awesome. Before I let you go, just mention where can people find you if they want to look deeper into this or reach out to you or, you know, any of that good stuff. Yeah, so you could take um, a free cognitive function assessment. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not so sure exactly which ones I need to work on or what's going to be smartest for me to work on first, then start by just taking this cognitive function assessment. We'll take you just a couple of minutes at lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash brain. So it's lifepicksuniversity.com forward slash brain. Awesome. 
Awesome. We'll put all your links and everything to your social medias and all the rest of it in the description. This has been a blast. We'll talk soon again. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes. Until next time.